our goal is to win the American Conference. If we don't win that, that won't be a successful season. This man will go to war for his players. He's going to go find the most uh, battered and broken down young man, and he's going to help build him back up. Wherever he goes out, like, I'll go. Like, people don't understand he's a winner. It's that simple. Everybody's still stuck on what last year was on. However, it's like you guys need to pay attention. Here we go! They feel like it's us against the world. And nobody thinks we're going to be any good. They are resolute in this one thing. They, they do not want to play on a losing foot. So get ready for the rock. Because you're going to love it. Welcome to episode five of Charlotte's Football Mining for Greatness, the podcast brought to you by Raven Media. I'm your host, Travis Hancock. I'm T-Bone from the Mac and Bone Show weekday mornings on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. This podcast is all about the Charlotte 49ers football team and the team full of players searching for success and second chances. Today, we're joined by Charlotte 49ers head football coach Biff Pogey, quarterback Trexler Ivy, linebacker Nikai Hill Green, and executive producer of Charlotte Football Mining for Greatness, David Raven. Coach, we'll start with you. A tough four straight loss for your squad last weekend. What's the what's the vibe and the mood around your team right now like? It, it was a tough four straight loss. You know, we most of the people that are in this building have never lost four games in a season, let alone four straight. And so um, there's a lot of really, uh, you know, I would say grumpy people in this building. And um, we're, we're, we're changing our tone a little bit and that we're no longer going to mention the word winning in this building. We are going to just work on doing the little things that produce the big things. So we're not going to talk about beating Navy. We're going to talk about blocking people. We're going to talk about alignment, communication, assignment, execution of your fundamentals. That's what we're talking about. Blocking people, destructing law, hackling people, um, making the right calls, being in the right places, hustling for you know, seven seconds of every play, and and then we'll let the chips go where they may. Coach, do you have any regrets at all with the offseason? It's sort of how high you set that bar for year one for you at Charlotte no. 49er football, or do you, would you do it the exact same way? No, I have no regrets. I don't regret that. I believe in my kids. I believe in our team. Uh, I believe in our coaches. Um no, I have no, uh, I have no regrets at all. By, by the way, don't misconstrue um, not talking about winning and to talking about alignment, communication, assignment, execution of fundamentals, and those things with with anything other than winning. Uh, it's just a focus on from the ground up instead of the top down, and. I still firmly believe in our team. I firmly believe in our coaches. You know, 10 out of the last, or sorry, excuse me, out of the last 10 years, eight times, eight times in the American Conference in the last 10 years, 
Okay. One of the two or both of the championship game participants had at least one loss. So we're not out of anything. And, but we have to focus on doing the little things that turn into the big things. When you, when you look ahead to Navy coming up in a couple of weeks and the time you have between now and then, where, where do you want to see the biggest improvement in your football team before you take the field again in a couple Saturdays? In the fundamentals. So, so defensively, defensively, I want to see us being in the right spot. Um, I, I want to see us, you know, get, as you know, defense is called gapped out. I want to see us being in the right spot. I want to see us defeating block. And then I want to see us tackling. You know, we, we, we gave up 168 yards after contact uh, last week against SMU. And that's fun. That is a fundamental issue. That is not a scheme issue. It's not a talent issue. It's not a, it's a want to do it, work on it issue. And so those are the things on defense, the things on offense are, I want us to block the people in front of us, period. And, uh, and then I want to see us being third and manageable and convert third downs. You said to the sideline reporter uh, the other day at halftime of the SMU game that it was your fault on the coaching side. What is that? Is that part of what you're talking about right now? Getting back to to sort of coaching up the fundamental stuff that you're talking about? Yeah, it is. I mean, look, here's how this rolls, right? Like when when you win games, it's players. When you when your team is struggling, it's the head coach. It's nobody else. And, and, you know, I set the tone around here. I set what we're trying to do. Um, and, you know, it, it, it is not because of our young coaching staff or because of our players. It's because I have to direct the, the process more towards the fundamentals of football. Which obviously you guys are living this every day. So there's frustration and grumpiness as you said, within the program. But what's your message right now to the fans that are frustrated by this stop, the start? Quite honestly, like, you know, either with us or you're not with us, right? And if you're if you're not with us, great, no harm, no foul. If you're with us, be with us. And, you know, it's not like we're over here not doing working every day as hard as we can as coaches and players. And you know, we had a pretty tough schedule coming out of uh, the start. You know, it's been a pretty, pretty rigorous schedule. So, you know, be with us or don't be with us. But, you know, that's that's where we are. Coach, one piece of big Charlotte 49er news and athletic news came out last week with this huge stadium donation by Smokey and Margaret Bissell, uh, big-time boosters to the Charlotte program. What, what did that donation mean that for you personally and, and really for the, the future of Charlotte 49er football, what that's going to do for the stadium experience? Well, it was not only that, but it was also the uh, appropriation from the government of $25 million too. So that's now $50 million. I hope what it allows us to do is to begin the process and, you know, start putting – look, the project's going to be bigger than that, right? It's going to be – a hundred million or so. Um, and, and that's a big project, but, but we have this 50 and we ought to start on 
uh, what we can do with the 50 while we continue to raise the the other dollars. Um, so it's it's big. I mean, it, it says a lot about, you know, to recruits and to our current players that, you know, people believe in what we're doing and what we're building and that Rome wasn't built in a day. And, you know, um, and I think if anybody thinks the program hasn't made, like, really important strides, all they need to do is pull up the tape from last year and then pull up the tape from the first game to the last game. Um, this football team's getting better. It's not good enough, but, uh, and it's my job to get it to where it is good enough. So I think the additional support from the, from the Bissells and from, uh, the approach appropriation of the state is all in indicative of that. Coach, one last question before I let you go. One of the themes of mining for greatness is, is second chances and learning and growing. It, it's a big theme of the entire show and what this podcast is also based on what what have you learned the most here in the first month at charlotte as you transition to a head coach of a program at this level uh, that's a really good question travis um i'm learning something new every day no substitute for work there's no magic bullet um and football comes down to football and when I say that I don't mean to be flippant at all what I mean by that is you know you can have the greatest schemes and the greatest players and the greatest stadium and the greatest fan base and all that stuff if you don't play fundamental football if you're not lined up right if you don't tackle people if you don't block people if you're in the wrong gap you're not going to win and so it, it, you go back to, or what I go back to, and what I'm learning is focus on working, 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 and working the little things. You know, we often think about the big things, and really what we're focusing on now are these little things. Coach Poji, thanks so much. As always, uh, good luck and get your team uh, ready for Navy uh, in a couple weeks back at home. Thank you. Right. Thanks, Travis. We now welcome in quarterback Trexler Ivy of the Charlotte 49ers. Thanks for joining us, man. You're in this unique position of being featured on a team as one of two quarterbacks. Well, what's that like to sort of be a, a dual starting quarterback right now? Yeah. Um it's uh it's probably not something that a lot of people are um are used to, but I've uh I've learned a lot over these past uh I don't know, five or six months uh, working with Jalen every day and, uh, um, you know, kind of how the offense works with, with two quarterbacks. And um, it's been uh, it's been really fun um, getting to work with uh, Jalen every day and, and learning from him. You bring up Jalen, and a lot of folks that we've had on the podcast here have talked about how close you and Jalen Jones are. What's it been like to develop that kind of relationship with someone you're in constant daily competition? When you're in it every day, together and uh and you see you know you see how often you you might fail at, at the position and, and what it takes to be successful um you really you really appreciate it when when somebody has success because you know you know what it's like to be in their shoes you know it's not easy um and and in the uh the nine ten months i've gotten to know him um he has always been supportive he's he's never uh he's never left my side I, i've never left his and um we all we always tell each other we're in this together, and 
If one of us wins, we both win. You had a, a successful high school career here in North Carolina. You're from Wake Forest, North Carolina. What what drew you to to being a Charlotte 49er? Definitely the um, the first thing was just like the growth of the university and the, and the program. Um, I knew that there'd be a lot of opportunity there, but also at the same time, it was um, it was really it was really the best the best option I had. So I, I had to uh, had to kind of bet on myself. Um, a couple of years ago because I only had, I only had one division one offer and I, uh, uh, went on a visit there and, and didn't really fall in love with it right away. But, um, this opportunity came, came about, um, in 2020, um, during COVID and all that. And, uh, I just, I took it around with it. I, I felt like that was the best decision for me at the time. And I'm, I'm really glad I, I made that decision. We're glad you did too. You didn't get the scholarship. You mentioned the one offer. Didn't play your first two years here. How did you? How did you stay the course in in waiting? Because as you know, you see it with your peers now. A lot of guys don't wait around for anything anymore. They just move on to somewhere else with the ability to transfer. What What made you wait it out here, and how did you stay positive during that? I've always I've always believed that you know when you when you put your head down and you work and you invest in a place or in in a, in a program like like Charlotte's. Uh, Good things are going to come. Um, I was uh, fortunate enough to be around a lot of good people, a lot of good coaches over the past few years that, um, you know, always reminded me that, you know, your time is coming and keep working. And every year I got a little bit better and I knew one day that my opportunity would come. Um, I mean, every year except this year, I I was uh, in the quarterback room with, with Chris Reynolds and he was he was the guy for a really long time. And that kind of taught me just how to be patient and um, kind of work right in his shadow and, and it all work out. We just talked about your journey to this point. You went through some things. You went through some adversity, some trying times. But the theme of, of Charlotte football here in 2023 and the, and the podcast and the we're doing and mining for greatness, it's it's guys that overcome adversity. How, how much can adversity be a, a common theme for a lot of your teammates that can really kind of bring the locker room closer together. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, over probably over half of our roster now is, uh, is has come from a different place. And um, the thing that helps us build, you know, a strong culture and relationship with each, other, with each other is just to, we all realize that, you know, this is our first our first chance to work out. And, and here we are um, on our second chance. So why not, why not do it all for each other? We're all trying to reach the same goal. Um, it, we can't accomplish that goal unless unless we're together. So, I think I think that uh, that does play a big part in um, kind of coming together as a team and and uh, and really bonding with each other. And that's quarterback Trexler Ivy. Thanks so much for your time, man, and good luck uh, in a couple Saturdays from now at home against Navy. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. We now welcome another very special guest to the Charlotte Football Mining for Greatness podcast, brought to you by Raven Media. Charlotte 49ers linebacker. Nikai Hill Green. Nikai, like many of your teammates, you went to St. Francis Academy. And by many accounts, you were in line to be part of Michigan's dominant defense. But what what was the cause and the main reason why you wanted to come be part of this Niner program? It just made sense. You know, Coach Biff, he's the reason why, you know, I'm still playing football and I'm in the position that I am. Um, and, you know, just just playing with the guys, you know, I have a bond with Majority of the team already, you know, Coach Oz um, was a big reason I came here as well. And, you know, it just it just made sense. Nikai, it's really a, a season of second chances for a lot of 
Charlotte 49ers, especially you, you were out in 2022 due to injury. Uh, you had COVID interruptions along the way before that. How difficult and trying has it been for you to sort of wait for this opportunity to develop? You had to go somewhere else, but how trying was it to get to this point? I've always been process-driven, so it, it really didn't feel like waiting. You know, it just felt like constant improvement, you know, and I, I put in a lot of work um, over the years, and, you know, I'm still putting in work to this day. So, yeah, it, it felt more like um, just constant improvement. It didn't feel like waiting, you know, it the years actually flew by, um, and you know I'm just I'm just glad this time is here. Nikai, a lot of your coaches, past and present, they they rave about how hard you prep with film review. You know, not every young player has that. Uh, why is that such an important part of your game, and how does film study really set you apart? My my favorite player has always been Luke Keekley and just okay. and just watching him call out plays. Like since I was a little kid, watching him do that. That's always been cool to me. I've always wanted to be able to do that. And and now that, you know, I, I have my process throughout the week where I watch film and I'm able to call out plays and know what I'm seeing in front of me. Um, it, it makes me play fast. And and I just enjoy playing like that. I don't I don't wanna be out there, you know, reacting to the offense. I want the offense to have to react to me. So um I I just prepare that way and it's just instilled in me. Nikai, this this team is filled with guys, as we mentioned, look for second chances. How does that bring a team together when there are so many guys who have a new opportunity in front of themselves? You you respect everyone's journey. You know, some people, you know, were five stars out of high school, you know, were the biggest recruits. Some people had no offers. Uh some guys were working at pretzel factories just last year. So you just respect everyone's journey and respect how everyone got in the room and just understand that uh, we all have one common goal. No matter how you got here, you know, everyone in the room, we're just, we're trying to win. And, and that's just, uh, that's the goal. When the dust settles and you look back at this season, what will you consider a successful season at this point for the Charlotte 49ers? I'm going to give 100% effort um, and have no regrets. Like, I know I'm going to leave everything um, and I'm going to leave no stone unturned. So, you know, when the season ends, however it ends, you know, I'm not going to have any regrets. That's Nikai Hill, green linebacker for your Charlotte 49ers. We appreciate your time today. We'll be pulling for you for sure the rest of the season when you guys get going uh, against Navy October 14th. We appreciate you, man. Thank you. Joining us now on the Charlotte Football Mining for Greatness podcast is executive producer, David Raven, who's made this all possible. David, thanks for coming back on. And we just talked to Coach OG about the Charlotte football stadium expansion. You're someone who has spent a lot of time with Coach, with the team. What does this expansion mean on the football side of stuff for what they can be down the line here? I think it's desperately needed, um, you, you know, to compete in these higher level conferences, we have to have the facilities uh, to both play in and recruit from. So I, I do think that, you know, players coming to visit schools, seeing what their options are for four years, they want to see a facility in which they're proud of can see it be crowded. Uh, I think we need that. I'm hopeful that we'll be able to fill uh, the stadium uh, with that many more people as we expand. And, you know, I think it's beyond just the stadium seating. It, 
just the facilities overall, if we're expecting the team to be competitive, we can't be at the bottom of the league in terms of uh, our facilities overall. So the facilities pertains to the football side, the community and fan experience, the game day experience. How how big is this going to be for Niner Nation to have this expanded stadium and so much more that goes with it? It's going to take it to a new level, I feel like. It, you know, right now it's, it's good, um, but I don't think it's on par with a lot of the other D1 schools uh, in terms of the, to your point, the entire experience, the tailgating, the coming in, the crowd noise, uh, the excitement of uh, good football. So, you know, I just think it's, it has to happen. Uh, but, you know, we're not there yet. That's the other interesting thing. We need more support to get there. Uh, people can't just want to wait and come to see the finished product. They're going to have to uh, pick up some of the load. With that, winning does help that. And the 49ers obviously have not gotten off to the start that we all had hoped for so far in this very hyped up year. But it's still critical for the community to rally around this team, win or lose. You've been to the home game so far. What's your your take on what the, the buy-in factor feels like? with the fan base right now. I'd be the first to admit I'm disappointed as well. I was uh, excited um, to see, you know, this new team come together and maybe outperform expectations. Um, hasn't happened. Um, but, you know, the season's not over. Um, and, you know, I think that that's, that's sort of the mentality that a lot of people have, especially in Charlotte, which is we want to win. We want to win right now. And you're seeing the struggles beyond Charlotte. I mean, it's it's with a lot of our local professional teams too. And so I, I think it can't be a, we're only going to come if everything's great and the stadium's perfect and we're an undefeated team. And that's, that's just sort of a shallow uh, response. I mean, I think they've, they've got to say, Hey, we understand this is, um, a new program. We got to get behind it. Yeah. There'll be some growing pains. Hopefully, we'll grow faster than people want. But they're going to have to stick through the highs and lows. You hit on it there a little bit, David, about fan frustration. We asked Biff about that earlier here in the Mining for Greatness podcast about fan frustration, and he said you're either with us or you're not with us. So, what what's your take on not just you saying that or me saying that, but the head coach? sort of saying that that's a good question i'm sort of split on it i mean i agree um with that but at the same time you know piff got everyone really excited <laughs> i mean you know Biff brought a lot of attention made you know a lot of uh comments that got people excited like you know hey we're gonna be playing in 15 games you know which is you know that sort of made you think national championship but you know i do agree with biff and, and even some of the players saying you know we need we need your support um we want to see it through good times and bad uh if you're again only going to want to be a bandwagon fan and come out when it's winning uh it's it's just it's sort of a shallow commitment to the program and i get that the more we win the more support there's going to be that's just fact but there's got to be a group that says okay, I'm going to dig in the trenches. We're going to start at the bottom. We're going to build our way up on this. Uh, we we got to have some of those people or it's just going to be a long road. We've talked about it before, but the players are such a huge part 
of the docuseries and this podcast. How special has it been for you to watch the, the players get their shine and the world to kind of get to know all about these incredible young men? I have been personally blown away the more I've gotten to know the players. Um, you know, I, I think if I could take what I've seen and probably what you've had through this podcast and bottle it up and give it to a lot of our fan base, it would be a whole different perspective. I mean, these these kids, the ones that have been here and gone through the transitions, the ones that have transferred in, I mean, their stories, their dedication, uh, you, you know, what they've endured, what they hope will happen. Uh, you know, I told uh, someone yesterday, I said, the maturity of a lot of these kids at their age is is just unreal. I wasn't close to that at their age. I mean, the, these guys um, are, each one of them has a great story. And if people would take the time to watch the um, series and listen to the podcast and just get a glimpse into some of these folks and their background, I think you you just end up rooting for them to be successful. That's David Raven, executive producer of Charlotte Football Mining for Greatness. David, as always, thanks for your time and everything you're doing for uh, certainly the docuseries, the podcast, the team, and all of the Charlotte 49ers. Thank you. That's all the time we have for Episode 5 of Charlotte Football Mining for Greatness podcast, brought to you by Raven Media. The Charlotte 49ers return to action Saturday, October 14th, at home against Nate.